0: So Money Episode 1493 Allison Baggerly author of Money Made Easy You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers and from Farnoosh herself looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life.
1: Welcome to So Money. Oh, I spent, I love spending money, Farnoosh, even to this day. I was spending money when I was happy, when I was mad, sad, glad, bored. I wanted to celebrate something. I wanted to you know, get over something or someone. I used money as essentially a band-aid because I needed therapy. Welcome to So Money,
0: everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Joining us once again, Allison Baggerly. You may have heard her on the show previously, talking about her giant personal finance community online, her blog, and popular Instagram account. Inspired Budget teaches her budgeting method to hundreds of thousands of followers. When she was last on the show, she talked about her own personal journey to paying down over hundred thousand dollars in debt in under five years. Now she has a book coming out April fourth called Money Made Easy, where she provides solutions for budgeting, changing your money mindset, and reaching your financial goals. In our conversation, we talk about how fear can be a driver to making healthy choices with your money, how to save money when you're traveling with your kids, especially if you're looking at Disney World, and discovering your money patterns so that you can get a handle on spending, debt, and reach your financial goals. Here's Allison Baggerly. Alison Baggerly, welcome back to So Money. Congratulations on your new book. So exciting. Now you can add published author to your illusorious title. Yes, I'm terrified.
1: I I, I, (laughs) I know you're singing my song. I'm just going to own it. I'm not going to like pretend like I'm like like 1000% confident. It's very like scary putting a book out because you can't go back and like edit it. You can't say like, Oh, I'm going to, I changed the way I wanted to say that, or I'm changed the way that, you know, this came off or was interpreted. Nope. People can interpret it and it's in print and there it is. But I mean, I'm very excited. I'm very happy that I did it. It was definitely a process that was, um, hard yeah,
0: it was, it I want to go. I want to revisit that fear in a minute, but I want to also tell everybody right away. The book is called "Money Made Easy." And you, of course, have been on the show before. But just to recap, to those who may be new to the show or new to us, the you are the founder of Inspired Budget. You and your husband paid off over a hundred and eleven thousand dollars worth of debt on two teacher salaries. Everybody, I have the link to Allison's first interview on So Money in our show notes. If you'd like to go back. For the full download on that, and you st- you started Inspired Budget about mm-hmm. six years ago, mm-hmm. and you have um, been able to retire as a teacher. You are helping others full time now. You host a podcast. You have this book, Money Made Easy, which is would you say it's sort of like a derivative of Inspired Budget? Like it's all of your techniques and strategies in a nice, beautiful book.
1: Yes, but you know what I think is it's not like this step-by-step plan. I think that we there's no cookie cutter like plan and formula I can give you or your listeners because everyone's life is different. So it's more of like the information and then you can pick and choose what works best for you and your family. It's like a it's like a choose your own adventure book but yes. with money.
0: Because I'm sure you've come across how some people don't even like the word budget.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They say it's a four letter word. And I'm like, hey, I was there. I hated it, too. One of the first things you want
0: uh, people who come to you and your audience, you often say it's about figuring out your money pattern. That is kind of the Mm -hmm. first step. How do you how did you do it? How do you teach people to find their money pattern? And why is this so important as a first step?
1: I think that many people find their money pattern because they hit like this rock bottom moment. That was me. I had zero dollars in my checking account, went to the grocery store, swiped my card three times, had that moment where I had to walk out the grocery store doors with my food left on the belt, did the walk of shame back to my apartment. You know, this is before we had smartphones and we could check our bank account balance. I thought I had money and newsflash, I didn't. I had spent it all. I was in college, I spent all of my student loan money by March. I know. And that was supposed to last me until May. And my mom said, I will help you under one condition, that you come home and we sit down and we look at where your money's going. And it was a very eye-opening experience because I was too close to the problem to see exactly my patterns and what I was doing and how I was using money to deal with emotional situations and like give myself the emotions that I wanted but but wasn't receiving. And so I think that coming back to those patterns really allows you to ask yourself, am I happy with these patterns? And you might be. You might be like, heck yeah, I like it. I like that I can do spend money in this way. And I like that I'm able to you know, grab takeout every Friday because I don't want to go home and cook dinner. That's totally fine. But sometimes we have patterns with our money that aren't really benefiting us or our future. And that's when we can recognize those and then put a plan in place to change them.
0: Mm. So what was your pattern? What was going
1: on? Oh, I spent... I love spending money, Farnoosh. Even to this day, I was spending money when I was happy, when I was mad, sad, glad, bored. I wanted to celebrate something. I wanted to you know, get over something or someone. I used money as essentially a band-aid because I needed therapy, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that was my thing. And I continued to do that. Even though I had that moment where I sat down with my mom and I recognized that pattern, I then tweaked it to say, okay, I'm gonna continue this pattern just just so I don't overdraft though. Like I'll stop when I'm about to overdraft. And I lived that way for many years until I realized, okay, this pattern, even though I've tweaked it in a way where I'm not going into credit card debt or I'm not running out of money, I don't like it. And so years later, I had to go back to that and deal with it. Hmm.
0: Your book is coming out. It's almost always a good time to talk about money. When is it not a good time to talk about money? But right now in this mirror, what do you think are some mm-hmm. of the the contextual issues going on that make your book super relevant in 2023?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, just with the cost of inflation, everything's going up in prices. There's so much fear right now. There's just a lot of fear. And fear, that emotion drives decisions. And so we can either decide to do something in our life to make managing our money easier and understand it better and feel like we have control. Or we can turn to fear and turn to credit cards and spending. And this very like scarcity mindset of the world is falling and it's out against us and there's no room for success. I'm never going to get over this money hurdle. So might as well lean into it. And that's what I don't want people to do. I don't want you to lean into your struggles. It's very easy to do. Because even though... It, everything seems to be very doom and gloom. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like reading the wrong headlines. Everything seems to be doom and gloom. Like there is some aspect under your control. We mm-hmm. just have to figure out what it is and then choose to work on what you can control. Yes.
0: Like you said, there's fear. You can't help it. It shows up, it mm-hmm. comes up unannounced sometimes, but you have the agency as an adult person, maybe not when we were kids and we were in college yeah. even, but now as working adults, we have the agency to say, okay, what am I going to do with this fear? Am I going to Mm -hmm. just let it take over? And you know what happens next? Or am I going to like develop a relationship with this and say, okay, how am I going to have a healthy action plan? that is maybe inspired by the fear a little bit because I am afraid that I don't have enough money to cover my yeah. emergencies or I recognize that my credit card debt is out of control and that is scary. That is a legit, legit fear. So mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, what what does this fear want me to do? It doesn't want you to continue burying yourself in debt. It doesn't want you to hide the bills in the drawers. It wants you to do something so that it can go away. Fear doesn't want to hang around
1: forever. It has to, no. it has to too Like it wants to go back to its house. <laughs> Exactly. And I see it as like, it's literally your brain's way of trying to protect you. Yes, that's yes. all it is. But so often we let it control us and we don't see that. So when you can, when you're scared about something and you're worried, even if it's fear of something that's healthy and that you should be doing like a new experience or embarking on a new money journey or embarking on sending extra to debt, but you're worried you won't have enough money to like live your life or whatever. That is your brain's way of saying, hey, this is new. This is different. This is scary. I'm just trying to protect you. And we have a choice to say like, okay, brain, I know, but I've got this. Like there's a plan. I know I just need to take time to learn about it. And then it's not so scary anymore. That's what I say with like investing. So many people are scared of it. But that fear is because there's not this knowledge. We're not taught how to do it. And and that's what the fear is pointing you at. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, how do I become less afraid? I have to learn stuff. I have to
0: learn how the market works. Part of what I love about your book is that it's accessible, whether you're just at a college or you're a parent with lots on your plate, taking care of you know, the sandwich generation, taking care of family uh, yes. of all generations. A lot of people in my audience are like me, the demographic of I'm in my thirties and forties, and I'm really in the thick of life, working, caregiving, maybe there are aspects of my financial life that aren't perfect still. I still might have lingering credit card debt. I might not have the best retirement fund set up. What's your advice for the Gen Xers? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I know your book really sort of transcends and it talks to people of all ages, Mm -hmm. how to achieve financial independence wherever you are in your life stage. But I want to speak to some of those in the audience and, and recognize us and say, okay, Here's Allison's best advice for us right now, how to make money easier for us right now.
1: Mm -hmm. I would say give yourself grace and empathy. I mean, I'm in that generation too where... I have kids. I mean, you know, you have you have kids in daycare or or childcare costs, but your parents are aging and you might be helping them and we still have this lingering debt that you're working on and everything is so much more expensive. And just cutting out your weekly latte isn't going to make a big impact. Like Mm -hmm. stop saying that. (laughs) Like I'm a mom of two boys, and that's the only way I'm gonna keep up. I think that just realizing that you don't have to get everything right. Like you literally there is still time you don't have to get everything right and that you can have empathy for yourself. And that's one thing that's in my book is I don't... I don't lean into this idea that like lets you shame and fear to motivate people to change. That is a motivator for some people. It's not for me. That's just a way for me to shut down. And so in the pages of this book, it's very much wrapped up in empathy and stories and realizing that, you know, even if you're in this situation where you feel pulled in just like a million different directions, it's about figuring out, okay, if I get, if I feel pulled in like these 10 directions, what are the three that need my focus now? What are those three? And it's okay if those three are not what you focus on in six months.
0: Yeah, prioritizing, Mm -hmm. giving yourself maybe some mini deadlines. Like if I, I find that like we all have these to do lists. If something's been on your to do list for eight months, and your life hasn't been derailed because you haven't checked it off, maybe it's time to just take it off the list.
1: Are you talking about my email inbox?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, like. I know, I know, I know. I, <laughs> I, I, oh. it, people, someone once explained email to me in a way that was really, uh, like it was so true. But like, mm-hmm. imagine thinking of it like this: it's like all these people wanting your attention. Imagine all these people showing up to your house, ringing your doorbell, like a hundred people, like mm-hmm. all these different signs and needs and everything. I mean, that's essentially what email has become: is like our, yep. front, our front door. Uh, a question now from our sponsor. Credential. I'm asking guests this: What was a moment, Allison, in your life that propelled you to the next level of your financial life? Was it when you paid off the six
1: figures in debt? Was there something even more recent? Oh my gosh! You know, we. I mean, obviously, paying off that six figures of debt is incredible. But a moment recently that propelled me, and I haven't even talked about this yet. So I hope I'm not talking about it too soon. If I am, oh well, the people will hear. My husband recently... Or he's changing jobs. So he was or is right now a band director at a middle school. And he is taking a step down. And he's going down to essentially just an elementary music teacher position. Um, he's He is going to be making less money. But this decision, I think, has propelled us because it has really just been... A very big talk in our household about how time is wealth and time is money, and how to us, even though, yes, he is going to be taking a pay cut, we are so happy to be in the place right now financially where we can afford that, and how that is freedom to us that he will get back more time in his day and on his weekend. I don't know, just being able to make that decision felt so empowering because in the past, I would have said, no, you can't do that. We we can't live on this much less every single month. And now it's like wonderful because I I would rather have him home more than more money, to be honest.
0: Yes. I'm finding this showing up in my in my life, in my audience listeners' lives, and when I have my you know, my money sessions sometimes with listeners, they're like at this this exact crossroads. I'm considering mm-hmm. two jobs. This job pays $20,000 a year more. But this job over here, which pays a little bit less, I get i get a sense that the culture is just a better fit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be harassed on the weekends to complete my work. It's just going to be less stressful. You know, listen, we all take the job sometimes because of the money. And we should get paid as much as we can for every job. But if there's a job that requires less of your energy and your stress level and your mm-hmm. time... Well that's invaluable. I mean health is mm-hmm. wealth we know, but it is a privilege to be able to stop and go okay, I'm going oh, yes. I'm going to opt for you know option B which is less money but mm-hmm. actually provides a richness in my life that I mm-hmm. really need at this stage because I've got mm-hmm. kids, I've got responsibilities. I've got to make more time, carve out more time for myself. Our parents didn't have this mentality. This is no. a very modern money mentality. I like it.
1: Yes, I like it too. And, and like, you're right, it is a privilege. And I see our past and what we did with money in the past really set us up to be able to have this decision be a no brainer. Like, I, like we talk about it at the dinner table. We're so excited. He's going to work four miles away from home instead of you know 30 miles away from home. And it is a privilege, but it is not one that we could have made years ago. And And we talk about that, how our past choices and paying off debt and choosing not to let lifestyle creep just completely take over our life and being very meaningful in that, it has given us that freedom and it's just I'm I'm just over the moon excited. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the both of you. you. You deserve that. Well, well,
0: going back to what you were talking earlier about your history with emotional spending, I think that's a lot of us still. You know, I I mean, we mm-hmm. all do it. Like, yeah. Maybe not. You you're not doing it anymore as much as you were in you oh, know, years. <laughs> yes. But um, I mean, I was at Target. This is funny. I was at Target with my kids. I don't take them often. Shopping. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I usually just online shop. I, I rarely am in a store and I took them with me. And my son goes, All right, what are we getting? What do we need, mom? And I was like, Let me explain something to you about Target. You don't come to Target with any goals. Target tells you, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said this, but I was kind of like practicing my stand up. I was like, You know what? Target will just let me know what I need. And we got to exactly. just, we got to just like roam the aisles and keep our That's eyes right. open.
1: You get your latte, you push your red cart and you just be right. And, and it'll reveal itself. It will. Yeah. Yeah. So all this to say
0: that, you know, and I was probably, it was the weekend after a very difficult week. And so for Mm -hmm. me, this was like my vacation um, was to go to target. I know it's riddled with issues. I I have issues guys. Uh, So my question for you is how do we, I don't want to take away my target runs. That's not what I, That's not the point of this question, but I want to like really for those of us who really do struggle with emotional spending and it's costing us a lot of money and debt. How did you overcome it? What's your recommendation? I know this is also a big part of your book, Money Made Easy. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So I talk about this really in chapter four when we talk about the secret behind successful budgeting. And then also chapter nine, when we talk about impulse spending. But for me, it is... Realizing that going cold turkey, not going to happen. Stop putting that pressure on yourself. Realize that you just need target money and give yourself an amount. So I plan for those types of purchases. I plan for that type of impulse spending and that emotional spending. And so you can give yourself a Farnouche target money or Farnouches, you know, I like to call it what we want. We have a savings account that's just what we want. I don't yeah. know what it's for yet. But when I know it, when it when it shows itself to me, I will know that that's what I want to spend my money on. It's what we want, and it is intentional money set aside every single month to fulfill that purpose. And that has really allowed me to kind of not binge spend or overspend in these great quantities because I know it's there. I know it's there waiting for me. And it's turned someone who loves spending money, and I get like this high from spending money. I'm able to just slow down and process everything better mm-hmm. because I know it's there for me. Yeah. So that's my recommendation is create some sort of, you know, money account, whether it's a separate checking account, separate savings account, cash, whatever you like to spend money on as that kind of just free spending money. Anticipate,
0: anticipate yes. the, the need for that wand. Huh? I like that. Exactly.
1: Create The yeah. need for the
0: wand. You recently, maybe not recently, but I, I was reading your post about going to Disney with oh. your family and how you saved and or made it more economical. And gosh, mm-hmm. I don't think I want to go to Disney. I oh. It's not going to happen. I, my kids aren't asking. And Have you I'm, been? When I was very young, I don't even remember it. I only... No, because i have evidence of a photograph but i don't i do remember what a waste right my parents took me when yeah. i was like two and a half i was just mm-hmm. basically in a stroller the whole time and we drove and we brought sandwiches and you know probably the tickets mm-hmm. weren't i don't even know what we were thinking my parents were brand new to this country like could you wait <laughs> you know until things are a little more subtle no. embarking on this anyhow I never really went, and mm-hmm. my kids aren't really asking. And I'm kind of like, maybe can, is it, Can I just skip this, Allison?
1: Yes, you can, one thousand percent. So I, f- but I felt this pressure, Farnoosh. I felt this pressure, like, oh my gosh, I need my kids to go to Disney. They need this experience. I did not have the experience as a child. I turned out okay. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> say great, but I turned out pretty decent for not going to Disney as a child. But we decided to take our kids to Disney. And let me tell you, I anticipated hating it. I was like, even my husband was like, when you start getting angry or when you start getting impatient or anxious, I'm just going to hug you. And that's your signal that like, like you're being naggy or you're being really short tempered. And while we were there, I was the one that hugged him. I loved it. Like to me, it was amazing. And that was a shock. To everyone, that I enjoyed it so much. But no, I mean, you don't have to take them. Now, here's what I do recommend I recommend taking one kid. Just pick your favorite. No, I'm kidding. No. Okay, hold on. I was like, <laughs> wait, I'm, thinking, wait. I'm like, oh, it's going to be my right. take notes. So, what I I'm actually really doing. That answer.
0: I love both my kids equally. Yes.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Of course you do. Um, <laughs> awkward silence. But what I'm doing. <laughs> Actually, on Thursday, in two days, I am surprising my oldest son. I am picking him up out of school. We are flying to Universal in Florida, and we are going for three nights, two days. It is incredibly expensive. I splurged. We are going Friday and Saturday to the parks all day, and we're flying home Sunday. And to me, does he need that experience to be a child? No, absolutely not. Could we have done something, you know, a lot cheaper? yes, but I I have the money and I want to spend it on something that is going to have us both have memories. And I, I've like been, the, the lead up to this has been the most fun thing okay, ever. I
0: love it. Make sure he doesn't listen to this episode. Well, it's going to air uh, afterwards.
1: Of course. But like, and then you have another child. How do you how do you oh yeah, it? right. So I said, "Matt, I need you to take half a day off and I need you to pick up James from school and pick up the pieces." So, cuz I was like, that's what I told him, I was like, "That's it. We're calling it a 5th grade trip." So, okay. he's going to say when when you're in 5th grade, mom will also surprise you with a trip. So, it's like this way of doing it because I mean, I have two kids, two boys. They do so many cool things with my husband through like Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts and camping. And I go on some of it, but there just seems to be more built-in experiences. And I'm like, no, you don't get to have all the fun. I'm going to yeah. have fun. You don't get to come. And he's just like, okay. okay like so. I think it's good for the one to anticipate. They say anticipation mm-hmm. is like a big part of
0: feeling gratitude when it mm-hmm. happens to, yeah. you know, to like the buildup is like a huge part of the feeling of richness that comes with the experience, even for as adults, like getting the tickets mm-hmm. for the concert six months in advance. Yes. You know? They say even like waiting in line for a concert, that hour, mm-hmm. Um, so many memories, you'll remember it. You'll remember that oh, yeah. hour, you know, in the cold or whatever you were doing. I remember we went to Chris Rock years ago in Brooklyn. I was pregnant. We had the tickets. We get there. And there's all this mayhem because their ticketing machines were down. Like, like, like so, you needed a paper. You couldn't just show your phone. What you had to have a printout. And so the show started super late because of this. Because people had to go home and come back. Oh my printers. gosh! People were like, "This is so entrepreneurial." People in Brooklyn heard about this and they came to Barclays outside with printers and charged. They charged. Like just real, a like quick thinking on their yes, feet. Yes, that is awesome. It was, it was really. I'm freezing. I'm pregnant. I'm like, and then we finally got in. But I'm like, I don't remember the show, but I remember all of this pregame <sighs> nonsense. Um, I wish it was a little different, but you know, anyway, yeah. it made me appreciate being inside so much more after mm-hmm. all that, all that shenanigan. Anyway, all this to say. Yeah. Good on you. That's a good plan. And that, that has inspired me. Maybe, you know, for my son's birthday, mm-hmm. um, we go on a surprise trip somewhere, just he and I or he and the yeah. that is exactly. and I think the one on
1: one time with the kids is really great. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yes, it is. It really is. And I'll get that same one on one time with my other with my other son eventually. But all, I mean, like all of this comes back to how was this possible? It's all possible just because we are able to live on a budget and plan for it and live below our means. And it, you know great. what? Yes. It's made spending money fun. Like mm-hmm. before, whenever we weren't like in a good place with our finances, spending money was stressful. Now spending money is fun.
0: Yes. As it should be. Yes. You know, as my friend Susan, who has been a mentor to me for for many years, she and she worked in finance and she started a financial literacy company for kids, Money Savvy Generation. She's been on this podcast, Susan Beecham. She said, Farnoosh, what is money for at the end of the day? What is it Mm -hmm. for? It's important to have savings. It's important to invest. You don't have to. You don't spend all of it. But when you do have the capacity to spend, and you find yourself afraid to, Mm -hmm. or it's like a foreign thing to you, and you don't know how to do it, and you feel guilty, and all the things, like you need to get over that quite fast because life is short, and your money, you work hard for it. You should you should use it how it can help you and. Again, saving, investing, important, paying off that important, but spending too. Thank you for reminding us that spending is also Mm -hmm. (laughs) something you can do with your money that doesn't have to be always the responsible thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. And it's all about just setting it up to where it's planned and uh, it fits into your lifestyle. You don't have to hate it.
0: So we have a few minutes left. Tell us a little bit more about Money Made Easy. And what are some of your favorite parts of the book that you can't wait for people to learn
1: more about? Oh my goodness. My favorite part of the book is probably chapter four. I don't know. There's so many good parts, but uh, you know what my favorite part of the book is, Farnoosh, is it is a money book. I mean, it's a nonfiction book. Let's be honest. Sometimes reading money books just just not interesting. Like yeah. you don't go to like a library and necessarily pick one up because you want a good story, right? Like you're like I want to I want to escape my life and and really read this and get, you know, forget about all of my troubles and read this book, right? That's not what this book is for. However, I will say read, right? No, it's not a beach read. But I will say one thing that's different about this book is every chapter everything's wrapped up in stories. Either stories of my own or stories of my, my family or stories of friends. And so it's a very easy and fun read because there are stories within and wrapped up. It's not going to be like reading a textbook or an encyclopedia. And I think that's what makes it special and what makes it different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to give the narrative the story because mm-hmm. you write money. Otherwise, it will put us to sleep. But... um not this one, Money Made Easy, How to Budget, Pay Off Debt, and Save Money. Allison Baggerly, thank you so much for joining us. Pre-orders are happening. Thank you so much. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you
1: for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited.
0: Thank you to Allison for joining us. Her book, Money Made Easy, comes out April 4th. Pre-order now. I'll see you back here on Friday for Ask Farnoosh, where we're going to be talking about how to afford life's biggest expenses, like a home, a new car, starting a family, and much, much more. Until then, I hope your day is so money.